For the fifth straight season, your Atlanta Braves are the NL East division champions. And what a way it was for the Atlanta Braves to get it done coming back from 10 and a half games down. It was a dramatic finish in a close game against the Miami Marlins, which we'll talk about. But I want to get into the journey of the 2022 season for the Atlanta Braves that led them to this point. We'll discuss all of that on today's episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Check out my bio there to see where I'm covering the game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com, where I am the co-editor. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Also, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and do me a favor, hit that thumbs up button and that notification bell to help support the show. Also, make sure that you're subscribed to Lockdown Sports Atlanta on Roku and Amazon Fire, where you can get this podcast and the postcast with me and Grant McCauley. And as always, thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all plat- platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Simply Safe is the uh, is sponsored by Simply Safe Home Security with Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe. Twenty four seven monitoring agents capture evidence to accurately verify a threat for faster police response. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB to learn more and to help support the show. All right, on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about those NL East division winning Atlanta Braves as they get it done on Tuesday night. We're going to talk a little bit about the game. Jake Odorizzi coming through in a big spot. But then I want to take you through the journey of the 2022 season just briefly and talk about what it took for the Atlanta Braves to win their fifth consecutive division title. Then we'll get a little news and notes heading into the postseason. But let's start with that Tuesday game, that clinching game in Miami, a two to one win, a nail biter. Uh, did not think it would come down to this, but uh, we were all sitting there sweating it out for nine innings, trying to close out a one run game against the Miami Marlins in order to secure the NL East. But the Braves do get it done. The pitching comes through, offense squandered a lot of opportunities to put this game away, but the pitching for the Braves does ultimately come through in the end. The Braves win their 22nd division title, which is the most in Major League history. Dodgers and Yankees are second with 20 each. So Atlanta Braves, you know, continuing to make a little history there. Again, their fifth consecutive one. And as Brian Snicker said after the game, they had to grind it out. And I think that's just, you know, goes to the character of this team. And they've had to really just grind out a lot of wins this year. And you don't win a hundred plus games without without doing just that. You know, you can win in a a lot of different ways. The Braves obviously compound teams to death offensively. They can outpitch teams as they did on a Tuesday night. And sometimes you're gonna win games you probably shouldn't. 
and that's certainly the case with the Braves every now and then. But you got to have games like that, and you got to find different ways to win. If you're going to win a division, you're going to win 100 games, and that's exactly what this team did. But let's talk about the performance from Jake Odorizzi because let's not sugarcoat it. His time in Atlanta has not been great, but he stepped up in the biggest start of the year for him. His final line looks like this, five innings, two hits, one walk, one earned, seven strikeouts in just 72 pitches. Probably could have lasted longer, but Snicker not messing around. You know, as I said on the podcast yesterday, this is a postseason game treated as such. So he goes to that good bullpen in the sixth inning after five, five really good innings from Oda Rizzi. You know, the second inning was really the only stressful inning where I thought, oh, no, do we need to get the bullpen up? He had runners on first and third with two outs, but was able to get out of that jam. He had three one, two, three innings. He had 14 swings and misses on 35 swings. That's a 40% whiff rate, uh, which is pretty amazing for Jake Odorizzi. He really had that splitter going. Uh, this is what has frustrated me with Jake Odorizzi. I was a fan of the trade, and I've talked about it since they've gotten him. The pitch mix that he has <laughs> – it should be really effective. Yeah, he doesn't throw high velocity, but he's got the four-seamer running in on righties, the cutter that runs away, and that splitter running down. I mean, when you have three pitches with that type of movement, you should be able to get through a major league lineup two or three times. So it's it's frustrating he hasn't been better because I still feel like he has the pitch mix to get it done, and he did on Tuesday night against the Marlins. Again, coming through when the Braves needed him most, making up for all those bad starts that he had with the Braves. So big shout out to Jake Odorizzi getting it done in that bullpen, remaining brilliant as they have been really all year, but especially over the last month plus now. McHugh, Iglesias, Minter, Jansen, you know, those are your four. And that's the recipe in the postseason. You feel like if your starters can get through five innings with a lead, you hand it over to those four guys and you feel pretty good about getting a win. Mentor made things a little interesting in the eighth inning. Uh, this was one criticism I had of Travis Darno in this game, and Travis is great behind the plate. You hear all the pitchers talk about how they love throwing to him, but he kept calling for that changeup, and A.J. Mentor just did not have it, and he kept calling for it, and A.J. kept getting behind and counts. Honestly, the cutter wasn't great either. The only pitch that A.J. Mentor had was his 97 to 98 mile per hour fastball, and that pitch is good enough to get major league hitters out as it did. And he escaped the jam with a bases loaded two out pop out that Dansby and Narcia were both looking at each other before Dansby finally grabbed it there. So a little bit of tense moment in the eighth inning. Jansen comes in. He's one pitch away from an immaculate inning. Uh, but apparently Jordan Groshans is a bit of a tryhard and had to foul that pitch off and fouled out several other pitches before Jansen finally got him to fly out to Ronald Acuna Jr., which was you know, very, very nice to see after Ronald, you know, obviously didn't get to be a part of it last year on the field, him being able to make the final out as the Braves clinched the division, I thought uh, was pretty poetic there. On the offensive side of things, a couple of frustrating nights in Miami. And I talked about it yesterday, hard to lock in, you know, every single game, every single at bat like they did in that Mets series. But Still was not great on Tuesday night. Two runs, eight hits, eight walks, one hit batter, nine strikeouts. It's hard, really hard to only score two runs with that many base runners. Eight hits and eight walks. 
and you only score two runs, that's really hard to do. But when you go two for 13 with runners in scoring position, you only have one extra base hit, and that's a double. You ground into two double plays. That's how, and, and you have nine strikeouts. You know, that's how you only score two runs. So I'm not going to put a lot of stock in that. We know the Braves offense throughout the year, for the most part, has been one of the best. They have hit their lulls here and there. But when they're locked in like they were this past weekend in Atlanta in that Mets series, you see the damage that they can do. So I got confidence they'll turn that back on once the postseason begins. But been a rough couple of games in Miami, some good pitching that they've gone up against, but a rough couple of games for the offense. And a sack bunt. This got very controversial during the game. Um, Braves get their first sack bunt of the year. This almost felt, and you saw Brian Snicker kind of laughing about it in the dugout. This felt like a record that Brian Snicker did not want to make, and so he he made this move. Look, I don't necessarily agree with it. With Michael Harris up there, you know, one of your best hitters. I get he's been struggling lately, and he's especially been struggling against left-handed pitching. But I let the guy swing away. I don't agree with the sack bunt. And that being said, it was a great one. I would have rather seen him, you know, show late and bunt for a hit. Um, although the third baseman was pretty much playing in and already crashing, but I would have rather seen that than just a straight up, you know, sack bunt. But it was a great one. That being said, they're only going to have one all year. It was a, it was well executed. What wasn't executed is Robbie Grossman then proceeding to strike out and then them intentionally walking Ronald Acuna Jr. and Dansby Swanson striking out, looking at a pitch low down the middle in his wheelhouse. So, look, I don't agree with the sack bunt. At the same time, players got to execute. I can't believe Robbie Grossman didn't put the ball in play. He's usually you know good for that, but players got to execute. Braves offense did not execute very well throughout the game on Tuesday night, but did just enough to get the win. And part of that was because of the best catching tandem in all of baseball, Travis Darno and William Contreras each had two hits. TDA scored a run. William Contreras drove in a run, drove in Travis Darno. Uh, those guys have been amazing all year long. And that was nice to see Acuna with a, a big RBI hit to get the Braves on the board early. He also walked twice, so some good signs for Ronald there. So certainly love to see that. Again, not the prettiest game, but Braves get it done. They clinch the NL East. Uh, they 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 get that off their back and complete the comeback in the division and wrap things up with one game left to go. Next, I kind of want to turn my attention to the journey, and we'll talk more about you know recapping the regular season here over the next couple of days. The Braves got several off days now until the postseason begins, but I want to quickly just take you through the journey of the 2022 season and what this team has had to overcome. We'll talk about that next. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. Super customizable, not a situation where you have to purchase things you don't need in order to get certain things you want. And the system integrates well into your home and is easy to self-install. No need to have a tech come out and schedule something or to have bulky a bulky unit that damages or messes up your home's design. It's very useful for security and peace of mind, but also for helping you make sure everything is secure each day. It can move with you even after you install it. Just remove the elements and take them with you to your new place. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash MLB. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash MLB to learn more. 
There's no safe like Simply Safe. So I wanted to quickly just take you through the 2022 season because I love the journey of a baseball season. I love, you know, it's why I do this. I love talking about, you know, the journey. I love each night, you know, being able to interact with other fans and the ups and down, the ebbs and flows of a season. Uh, to me, that's what makes baseball so great. It's 162 games. It's, it's pretty much every day for seven months. That's why I love the game of baseball. You got something to talk about with a bunch of fans and a lot of friends, you know, every single day. So I appreciate your support of me here on the podcast and all of your comments, whether they be on, on Twitter or in the YouTube comments. I really do appreciate it because to me as a fan, and ultimately that's what I am. I, I'm a fan. I try to be objective with my takes here, but I'm a fan and I love the journey of a baseball season. Your team's not always going to come out on top, but it's that journey that you have with your team, whether you're a rebuilding team and looking forward to the future or whether you're where the Braves are now at the top. I just think the journey of a baseball season is so interesting and what's what makes it so unique and such a fun sport to follow. So let's take you back through quickly uh, through the 2022 season for the Braves. I think you go all the way back to the offseason and coming through a lockout, and then the Freddie Freeman situation and that saga, that drama happens and the Braves move on and go to Matt Olson. That is that was significant. And I don't know what kind of impact it had on the Braves, you know, possibly slow start, whatever it may be, but or whether it was just a World Series hangover, which, you know, I think could possibly be a real thing because the Braves were not the Braves in April and May. They were very sluggish out of the gate. Again, it almost felt like they were trying to find their identity. And you heard Peter Moreland talk about this post game last night. He mentioned the same thing. It's like they were trying to find that identity of who they were early on without Freddie Freeman. And it took a while for that to happen. I think what ultimately happened is you just got a team of leaders. You got, you know, Ozzy Albies, who, you know, ultimately got injured, so it made it hard for him to be a leader. Dansby Swanson, who stepped up. Austin Riley, who, you know, not vocal leader, but on the field really stepped up and got it done. And then you had the young guys come up that were really impactful as well. But you go back to that series, and everybody's talking about it against Arizona. And after that tough loss to the Diamondbacks on May 31st, you blew a 6-2 lead. You lose an extra innings. Uh, you know, the Braves are, are 23 and 27. They're 10 and a half games back in the division. Brian Snicker had to talk with the team and basically says, you're better than this. You're not playing like you're capable of. It's time to turn it around. And that's exactly what they did. They went on to win 14 straight games and they have the best record in baseball since June the 1st. I mean, everybody talks about it. You know that, but let that sink in for a minute. What this team was able to do in the turnaround they had, they were, they were hard to watch. It really not too different from last season. Last season, they were hard to watch for four months and then turned it around. They didn't have the luxury to wait that long this year, but they were hard to wait. They were hard to watch in those first two months of the season. And then they turned things right around. I mentioned, you know, that was around the same time Michael Harris came up. Spencer Strider moved to the rotation. Obviously, those two guys, very key. We'll talk more about the individual performances in the days to come. But they win 14 in a row. 
best record since June 1st, didn't get swept all year long. And you worried the first time was going to come at the worst time if they would have got swept by the Marlins to end the year. But with that win on Tuesday, Braves are the sixth team since 1990 to go a full season without getting swept. I mean, even when they weren't playing great early on, they avoided those long losing streaks. They didn't have their first three-game losing streak until the beginning of August when they lost three in a row at City Field. And look, it wasn't easy. It's not like after June 1st, everything was easy. There were plenty of tough losses along the way. I've been here with you. I've seen those comments on those frustrating losses. There's been some tough ones along the way that you thought the Braves, you know, let slip away from them that you thought was going to come back and bite them. But this team has the unique ability, especially under Brian Snicker, to shake off adversity and bounce back the next day and put the previous day's struggles behind them. And that's what, you know, I really love about this team. You heard the word resilience, uh, resiliency thrown around a lot last night during the postgame celebration. And, you know, I think that's the word that best describes this team. You hear that word said a lot about championship winning teams. But, I mean, again, we've been here. I've chronicled all the tough losses the Braves have had this year. I've lived with those emotions with you in the comment section. But every time the Braves came back, picked themselves up off the mat, and then they would go on another winning streak. No better example than that five-game series at City Field at the beginning of August. Look, the Braves were embarrassed in that series. The Mets outplayed them in every aspect of the game. Took a six-and-a-half game lead back in the division as the Braves were narrowing the gap. It was the first time, as I mentioned, the Braves had lost three in a row all season, which was you know, incredible in itself, and it's why they never fell, or I shouldn't say why they didn't fall too far behind. They did fall too far behind, but it's why they gave themselves a chance because they didn't allow long losing streaks to develop. But that series in City Field, that was devastating. You know, I mean, it was devastating as fans. I'm sure it was devastating for the players. They just got embarrassed up there by the Mets. What happens after that series? The Braves win eight games in a row. And they win six of the last seven matchups against the New York Mets. I mean, if that's not resiliency, I don't know what is. They were completely outplayed at that series in City Field. And they came back and bounced back once again, won eight in a row, won six of the last seven against the Mets. And that's how they won the division. And how they won the division was a sweep of the Mets when they pretty much had to have it. I mean, you think about if they lose that game on Sunday night, the Mets clinch the division on Tuesday. Instead of the Braves clinching on Tuesday, it's the Mets who clinch the division on Tuesday with their doubleheader sweep of the Nats. That's how important that game on Sunday night was. That's how important sweeping that series was. It made all the difference in the world. And the Braves, when they had to have it the most, they took down Jacob deGrom. They took down Max Scherzer. They took down... Chris Bassett, they won all three of those games. And then because of that, they are once again winners of the NL East for the fifth straight year in a row. Absolutely no quit in this team whatsoever. I loved watching the post-game celebration. They're always my favorite. I recorded it. I've gone back and watched it again. I got basically no sleep last night. I got a kid at home cutting teeth crying, so there was no sleep anyway. But I loved watching every moment of that post-game celebration and how 
you hear them a lot of them use the word love you know we heard the word resiliency the other word you heard was love these players love each other they love playing for each other and that means something and i think that's why it's so easy to love this team obviously it helps when you win i tweeted this out the other day obviously when you're winning it makes that a lot easier but when the players love each other they play for each other they're fun team to watch it makes it much more enjoyable as a fan to cheer for those players 42 sellouts this year 3.1 million in attendance yes coming off a world series helps but I, I can speak as a fan. I love watching this team and I love their fight and I just love their camaraderie and the way that they they care for each other. They want what's best for each other. They want to see each other succeed. You see these young guys come up and succeeding right away and you see the veterans accepting them in. I just love everything about this team and they make it so easy as a fan to enjoy watching them. And that's what I, I love about this team. That's what I love about this journey of the 2022 season. Look, obviously, I've been a fan of the Braves since, you know, the early 90s. I was there for that run. I don't know. I don't remember a division title as satisfying as this one where you were down so badly and you had to battle back. I mean, you had to play pretty much perfect baseball for four months to get to this position. And in game 161, they get it done. I mean, I, I can't say enough good things about this team, how fun it has been to watch the journey that they've taken us on. I just hope you all enjoyed as much of, as I have enjoyed it. Look, you never know what's going to happen in the postseason. You know, the Braves weren't expected to do anything last year and won the World Series. You know, this year, there's probably a little bit more expectations. You know, they're right up there with the, the Dodgers and Astros. There will probably be people that actually pick the Braves to win the World Series this year. But we saw last year, anything can happen in the postseason. I think the Braves are are built, and I think they're good enough to win the World Series. That, I think, is has been proven over the year. Whether or not they do shouldn't take away from the journey of this regular season and what the Braves have done. Winning division titles, getting to the postseason, it's not that easy. So I hope as a fan – you just sit back and enjoy the, the ride that the team just took you on and how great this team was and how special they are and how fun and enjoyable it's been to watch them. Look, there's been some tough moments for sure, and those tend to stick out more, but 101 wins, this team has by far given us more great moments than bad moments this year. They've been so much fun to watch. The emergence of Kyle Wright, William Contreras, Spencer Strider, Michael Harris, Von Grissom coming in there. I mean, it's been such a great team. So, look, you don't know what's going to happen in the postseason, but, again, what this team has done for you over 162 has been very special. So I hope you let that sink in for a little bit. I hope you think back on the journey. One thing I do want to ask you, Put in the comments, and I'm gonna try. I'm gonna ask a question in the comments, but let me know what's your favorite moment, what's your favorite game from the regular season. You're gonna do a podcast soon, highlighting the best moments, the best games from the regular season. Because again, like I said, I'm all about the journey. I think that's what makes Major League Baseball season so special. So I want to know what made this season so special for you. So let me know on Twitter. Let me know in the comments on YouTube. All right, next, come back. Got a couple of news updates, some injury updates on Strider and Anzi Albies. 
And then also just talk about the upcoming postseason. Braves do have one more game on Wednesday that we'll talk about as well. So Alex Antopoulos in the post game actually made a couple updates and references to the Braves injury situation, specifically with Spencer Strider and Ozzie Albies. He said it's looking like at least Spencer Strider thinks he'll be able to pitch in the NLDS, whether or not that's, you know, game two, game three, you know, game four, whatever it may be. It's looking like Strider could be available and whether that's, as a starter or reliever is yet to be seen as well. He threw off flat ground on Tuesday, supposed to um, ramp that up on Wednesday. I would think by the weekend, because the series starts on Tuesday, I would think by the weekend we need to see Spencer Strider throw a bullpen, uh, maybe even face a couple you know, hitters in BP um, if, if he's going to be eligible for the, the DS. So that'll be something to watch. Ozzy Albies. Not going to see him in the DS for sure. I think it's possible you see him in the NLCS. I think that's even a little bit of a stretch, and obviously you got to get there before that's even a, a likelihood. So I'm not sure we see Ozzy Albies in this postseason. I mean, to ask him to come back in the middle of a postseason when he's been out for most of the year, he was back for a game and a half. Uh, that's a lot to ask for Ozzy Albies. So I don't think we see him at any point in the postseason but could potentially get Strider back. And honestly, the Braves Braves need Strider. Um, can't trust Charlie Morton right now. Um, that's just a sad scenario of where we are. Braves need Spencer Strider. I just personally want to see Spencer Strider on that stage. I think it'll be a lot of fun. There is one more game. Going to be a lot of players, you know, hungover, sleep deprived, whatever it may be. But you're going to see a, a lot of tired players out there in an afternoon game in Miami, a game that at this point means nothing. You know, you'll see a lot of guys get some rest, probably have, you know, empty the bench, Redia, Arcia, Adrianza, all those guys, they'll be be in there starting. Be good to give some guys rest. Nip mentioned it after the game. You know, he's had to lean heavily on that bullpen lately, so he's glad to be able to give those guys plenty of rest. He did say Mac before the game on Tuesday, Max Free to be able to go if needed, which is interesting because apparently Max Fried wasn't there for the celebration. He was still back in Atlanta, not feeling well. So interesting that he would have been ready to go on Wednesday if needed. But fortunately, that's not the case. We don't know at this point who's going to be starting. I'm sure you'll see a lot of Jackson Stevens, maybe some Jesse Chavez. Uh, you'll see uh, those types of guys out there. Uh, Matt Stick, everybody, everybody that didn't pitch basically on Tuesday getting an inning. Uh, but everybody else getting some rest. The point, you know, right now, just stay healthy, get ready. Five days off. Uh, you worry about rest versus rust there. I think this is definitely a team that needs some rest after what they've had to battle through to win this division. And again, a couple of, of injuries. We've had some arm fatigue, you know, for Kyle Wright here late in the season as well. Uh, Max Breed, you know, obviously not feeling well. So good to get this time off, get ready. Won't play again until Tuesday, October the 11th. Um, so, again, got a little bit of time off here. Enjoy the wild card weekend over the weekend. I'm really, as a baseball fan, excited for this. I'm glad the Braves had to or got to avoid it. But I think this wild card weekend is going to be a lot of fun. So, enjoy that action. Judge hit 62 on Tuesday. Obviously, I was you know locked into the Braves game, so I wasn't really paying attention, but that's uh, pretty cool. Mick gets the American League record over there. Uh, but mostly, I'm excited to watch Wild Card Weekend. I love postseason baseball. I think there's nothing like it. 
excited for the Braves, their fifth straight division title, getting ready for the NLDS starting on October 11th. We'll have plenty of coverage here for you leading up to the postseason. Me and Grant McCauley will have a postcast after every postseason game. So I'm geared up. I'm ready. I'm a little sleep deprived myself after watching all the post-game celebration last night. But again, thank you for being part of this throughout the entire season, supporting me here on the show, being active in the comments on Twitter. It uh, really does mean a lot. Looking forward to continue, continuing this journey into the postseason throughout the offseason. But that will do it for this episode of Lockdown Braves. Thank you for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of every day. Now go make your second listen, Lockdown MLB where MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team, talking about the biggest stories from around the league. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. You can follow me at ShortstopBall. Also, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 